On behalf of the uh, staff at IMS, we'd like to welcome you and tell you that weekends are not uh, our usual length of our course. We usually give 10-day to 14-day retreats, so weekends are a special time. They allow people who can't get away except for a few days to come spend time with us and either come as new students, be introduced to the practice, or old students who get away for a few days and review and have the opportunity to practice together. So we welcome you and hope it's a very fruitful weekend. Before Joseph and Sharon begin the retreat, I'd like to run through a few administrative details to facilitate the smooth running of the weekend for both the staff and our guests. Late arrivals uh, who have just gotten here and haven't had a chance to register can do so afterwards in the office. Uh, There'll be someone there to handle any questions about rooms and so on. Um, And for those of you who haven't received the information for retreat sheet uh, that you should have gotten at at registration, that also will be available in the office. And we ask you to read through that. It has a lot of valuable information and can answer any questions that we don't cover tonight. Um, I want to mention the bulletin board that you've probably already noticed. It's focal point for the running of the retreat as far as communication. Since the retreat is done in silence, any information we need to get to you will be posted up there. Um, The schedules, any notes that we need to pass on to you, and uh, also if you need to communicate with someone on staff about you have a question, that's the place to put your notes. So we ask you to check that several times daily as things are posted all throughout the day. Office hours are posted on the doors of the office and we request that you honor those times. Those are the times to go into the office. Any other times, please leave notes on the board and whatever it is needs to be dealt with will be taken care of by someone in the office. Interviews, which will be done in groups this weekend with both Sharon and Joseph, will be uh, posted on the bulletin board. So check that each morning and watch for your name. It will be on one of the lists. On the schedule itself, there are stars beside the times when bells are rung. And we ask people to sign up for bell ringing. Um, That's to keep the timetable here going. Experience isn't required. And uh, I can tell you, it's a a lovely experience ringing the bell properly. Uh, It's a very special bell. So if you're interested, there'll be instruction in the morning at 7.15. For those times before then, we ask uh, only that experienced people who have rung bells before and know the uh, layout to sign up for the earlier times before 7.15 tomorrow morning. Uh, 
Normally, at, a, at longer retreats, we have a 45-minute work period each day. But because it's such a short time, uh, we have volunteer jobs, and those are posted up on the board. We have sign-up sheets. So for those of you who would like to do some work, there's spaces. And those who don't work, uh, use the time to walk and, and deepen the practice. Kitchen helpers should go to the kitchen at 7.15. And for those who have housekeeping jobs, if you aren't sure what they are, or if you have questions about them, uh, I believe John will be in the, kit- in the dining room at uh, the same time, at 7.15. We ask you to not make phone calls while you're here. If there is something urgent, or you have an emergency, there is a phone in the basement. That's just uh, for extreme cases. I know that uh, meditation and incense and candles all seem to go together. But we ask you to not have any candles or incense or any fires in your room. We've never had a fire here, but the fire chief has asked that everyone check for the fire escapes nearest their rooms. And you'll see uh, foam uh, in your room if you have foam covers, foam mattresses. There'll be covers on. Please leave them on. Now, we ask you to be patient. Um, It's a very large course. In fact, uh, I think we're filled to capacity. We took as many as we could because the weekends are so popular. And so your cooperation makes uh, things, helps things to run more smoothly. We're going to have two lunches. One at quarter to 12, and that will be for all the people on the first floors of both the Catskills and the Annex. 12.15 will be lunch for everyone on the second floor. Dishwashing, as you've probably been told in the tour, if you had one, uh, is in the washroom off the dining room. For those staying in the Annex, we ask you to use the laundry room out there for washing your dishes. If anybody needs extra blankets, they're in the uh, uh, closet near the dish rack in the uh, dining room, the main dining room. You don't have to worry about travel arrangements. You can let that pass from your mind for a few hours. Uh, Saturday night or at the latest Sunday morning, probably Saturday evening, there'll be uh, sign-up sheets out by the bulletin board for both rides needed and rides available. As far as walks, in the back of the uh, center, you'll see a trellis that uh, if you walk through, it'll take you on a path into the woods. It's a very lovely walk. And across the street, if you go down the right driveway, you'll see across the street another trellis and that takes you into the woods. We ask you to respect uh, private property around here of other uh, homeowners and stay either on the paths 
that I mentioned, or take walks on the streets in either direction. And at nighttime, please stay on IMS uh, property. want to ask for your help uh, in energy con- uh, conservation. It's really our largest expense as far as expenses that we can control. So there are a few things that uh, do help out. We ask that you don't open your windows and don't, um, don't fool with the uh, thermostats. They're set if you have a problem with either too little or too much heat, leave a note on the bulletin board for maintenance and someone will try to respond to that as quickly as possible. If you see lights on in the daytime, feel free to turn them off. Don't assume just because they're on that they're supposed to be on. So, and it happens. With hot water, just ask that you be conservative and don't take two-hour showers. And... The plastic in the windows or doors is uh, up for insulation purposes, so just leave that up. One, one thing about walking, too. Uh, we asked that on the driveway beside the side of the uh, center where, the, where a few cars are parked, you don't walk there because that's a staff area. There's a fair amount of noise, conversations going on in, in staff uh, situations. So we ask that you uh, keep to the front of the um, center or, or the other walking areas. And other staff areas, such as the kitchen, staff dining room, and so on, ask that you don't uh, go into that area. There's a lot going on. We, we want to really keep a, uh, an environment of silence as much as possible. Again, if you have questions or need to contact the staff, just leave a note on the bulletin board. So I guess in closing, again, we just want to welcome you and know that a weekend may seem like a short time or it may seem like a long time, but just encourage you to use it as fully as possible. My name is Joseph Goldstein, and this is Sharon Salzberg. We'll be leading it with me. What we've tried to create, this place, this special and protected kind of environment. An environment for people to come and practice with a silence, where there's a space of support of material needs, where you can take the time to be quiet, to be alone, to begin to explore the nature of the mind, the nature of the body. It's a very special space that's created, especially for most of you coming from probably rather busy lives, involved with a lot of people, with work, with family, to have the chance to come for a weekend and slow down and be quiet and be alone is a wonderful gift that you've given to yourself. 
Meditation practice is a way of systematically exploring and investigating and understanding the nature of the mind, how it works. In one, in one book of the teachings of the Buddha, it's a collection of verses. And the first verse in this book says, the mind is the forerunner of all things. This mind of ours, which is the forerunner of all things, it's the forerunner of suffering, it's the forerunner of happiness, it's the forerunner of peace. We create our environment, we create our reality with our minds. Yet very rarely do people take the time to really sit down in a, in a careful way, in a systematic way, begin to understand how this mind of ours is working, the nature of thought, the nature of emotion, the nature of feeling. So it's a tremendously exciting journey. It's a journey of understanding ourselves in very deep and profound ways through the development of awareness, of concentration, of attention, it's possible to come to very profound understandings the nature of ourselves, the nature of the world. It's not only an understanding of the mind, it's an understanding of the body. You'll find in these next couple of days an increased sensitivity an increased awareness of bodily energy, of the ways we hold tension, the ways we hold stress, and the possibility of releasing that, releasing those accumulations. There's a story of someone, an old friend of ours, named Mullah Nasruddin, who is an old Sufi teaching figure. Sufi is the mystical tradition of the Near East. He's a combination madman and fool and saint and wise man. He's all these things rolled into one. One day he's outside underneath a lamppost sort of looking around on the ground as if he's has lost something and is looking for it. He's looking and he's looking and he's looking and slowly his friends start coming around and they start getting down on the ground looking for it. Can't find anything. Finally his friends ask him, oh, what are you looking for? He says, oh, the key to my house. They continue looking and nothing. Finally they ask Nasruddin, well, where did you lose it? He says, oh, in the house. So they say, well, why are you looking you know, out here, there's more light under the lamppost. You may wonder the relevance of that story, <laughs> which sometimes with these Nazarene stories people do. <laughs> there, there is a relevance. And that is, for the most part in our lives, we look for happiness, we look for fulfillment, we look for understanding, we look for peace. We look for contentment outside of ourselves. 
We look for it with other people. We look for it in circumstances. We look for it in our situations. And that's like looking for the key under the lamppost. It's the most obvious place to look in one sense. It's the world in which we live. But it doesn't happen to be where those things are found and to be found. In the meditation, this practice of turning inward, understanding oneself from inside out, is recognizing where the understanding is to be had, where the peace is to be found. So it's, it's such, an important, such an important process. And even the first step of simply turning around to face in the right direction has a radically transforming effect on our lives. It's true that it's a long process and it's a deep process and a weekend is just the beginning. And yet that beginning is so important because it heads us or it points us in the right direction. And then it's simply a question of proceeding, of following, of walking on the path. What we're doing on a retreat in this environment of quiet and of silence it's really two things it's to begin this process of investigation investigation of ourselves of the nature of our minds and bodies so in one sense it's an exploration and in another sense in another aspect of it is that it's a training of mind you will find those of you who have not been on retreat before or have not done much meditation, something which anybody who has done much sitting knows, that the mind is, I'm not quite sure the right word, untrained, undisciplined, difficult to stay focused, difficult to stay present. And we think that we're more or less in control of our minds until we sit down and actually watch what's going on. And at first it's quite shocking, actually. What we do in the practice and what we'll begin to do on this weekend is the start of a training program. It's like sending the mind to school. You'll see and we'll begin to work with some techniques of practice, techniques of training to develop a sustained and focused awareness, a sustained and focused attention, which then can be and must be practiced not only here at the meditation center, but also carried into your life. Because that's where the integration of this practice will happen. So it's an exploration, it's an investigation, and it's a training. Just as when you learn any discipline, you know, you learn some sport, or you learn some musical instrument, or you learn calculus, or some whatever, you will find that in the beginning, it can be difficult. Now, if you, if you sit down to learn how to play the piano, and the first time, first few times, First, many times you sit down, 
it's awkward, you know, and the fingers don't work very well, and the music, you hit the wrong notes, and it doesn't sound very nice, but you practice. Every day you put in your time, and you practice, and you practice, and you practice, until one day you sit down, and it actually sounds nice. You know, and there's an ease of playing, and there's a great joy in playing. Training in awareness is exactly the same process. In the beginning, it will be difficult. And you'll come up against a lot of different hindrances, different problems arise of boredom. You'll probably be more bored at times in the next two days than you've ever been in your life. It can get so boring. (laughs) And that's part of it. That's part of the training. Something to go through. You'll be restless. Tremend- you, you will think that you're dying of restlessness. And there'll be pain, and there'll be tension, and the mind will be wandering. And all these things are going to start to be obvious, all these aspects of our lives, which usually we push aside. Usually we're so busy and so entangled and so distracted that we never get in touch with actually what's going on in ourselves. But you keep practicing. You sit and you walk and you sit and you walk and you sit and you walk. And slowly, the mind begins to learn. The mind begins to get trained. The attention, the awareness begin to get stronger. And you'll have glimpses. And perhaps in the weekend you'll have strong glimpses of the possibility of that ease of playing the ease of awareness, the joy of attention. As people practice longer with a stronger commitment to it in their lives, that quality of ease and joy becomes stronger. There are a few um, attitudes which would be helpful for you to hear about and reflect upon as a foundation for the next two days. They will be of help to you in the undertaking of this journey, this journey inside. The first of them is patience. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with other people. Be patient with the place. Be patient with the staff. Be patient with us. It's like you're coming into a new environment, a new kind of world. And there's a settling in process. There's a settling in for the mind. Remember, as you go through tomorrow and Sunday, that there will be a huge range of experience, of feeling. You'll feel great, you'll feel wonderful, you'll feel tired, you'll feel bored, you'll feel restless, you'll feel excited, you'll feel interested, you'll wish you never came. All of those things are going to come up. Be patient with it. Be balanced. It's part, it's part of the process. It doesn't mean that something wrong is happening. And so try to, try to hear this and understand because if you can remember as you're going through all the ups and downs, if you can remember that it's part of how the unfolding happens, then it's easier to settle back and be accepting of it, be patient. Being patient, being balanced, understanding that 
it'll be like a roller coaster, you know, with a thousand different changes a day. One of the most beautiful parts of a retreat and the most powerful aspects of it is the silence. Silence is the most wonderful gift in space that we can give to each other. You know, mostly, for most people, there's just so much input all the time, you know, of people and talk and work and relating. And to have some time where it's quiet. And Barry, this, this environment is a very quiet one. You will find that it has a tremendously strong healing effect on the whole system. So honor the silence. Really, this is not a time for you to be relating to one another. We have our lives to, to develop those interpersonal relationships which are important. Now is a time for silence, for being alone and for going inward. Especially those of you who have come with friends or people you know or as couples. For this time, stay, stay inward and stay silent. We've had people come on weekends and who've just gone for walks along the road who have, who have told me that it's the first time in their lives that they've ever taken kind of a slow and mindful walk alone in silence. You know, and there's, there's a fantastic world to discover in that. Real sensitivity arises with respect to your own experience, with respect to nature. Also, for those of you who have just come tonight, to inform you that there have been about 30 yogis, that's our word for meditators, there have been 30 yogis sitting at the center for the last month or so, who are also part of the retreat, and so all of their energy is also joining yours for these two days. Be respectful, really honor the silence and enjoy it, kind of relax into it. It's very beautiful. Another aspect which is extremely helpful is slowing down. We encourage We encourage you to slow down in your movements, in your actions. Because again, normally in our lives, we're rushing through things. We're rushing through the day and toppling into the next moment. Very much living in the future of what we have to do next. The training and investigation, which is the meditation, comes from a very careful awareness of what we're doing in the present moment. And there's a whole technique of practice for sitting and for walking, but it also extends to every other activity. So when you stand up from sitting position, that standing is part of the meditation. Stand slowly and and be aware of how that happens. You're walking out of the hall, you're putting your shoes on, putting your coat on, you're having tea, you're brushing your teeth, you're getting into bed, 
every activity of the day should really be carefully done. You can learn as much by paying attention to how you brush your teeth as you can by sitting in this meditation hall. So you really want to have in mind that the practice for this weekend is to develop as carefully as possible a continuous awareness. Every little action should be done carefully. Just a few days ago, we had a friend come to work with the staff. She did two things. She taught us uh, Japanese flower arranging, and then she did the Japanese tea ceremony. And there was such a beautiful exercise in mindful attention. The Japanese tea ceremony, I don't know whether you've ever seen it, but it's a very formalized way of offering tea. And every movement is so carefully and delicately done. As she was folding the napkin, it's like there were nine different movements of the hands, each done very precisely and carefully, just in that one act of folding the napkin. That's the kind of care. Make the whole day a Japanese tea ceremony. There's one footnote to that encouragement. And that is, there are times when moving quite slowly will be inappropriate. For example, maybe as you're going out the door of the hall, or you're standing on line for lunch, or you're washing your dishes, and there are 50 people behind you, that is not the time to be kind of creeping along very slowly. That's the time to practice the tea ceremony in fast motion. <laughs> you know, to move more quickly, more normally, but also with attention. Don't, don't think that because you're moving quickly, you can't pay attention. It's just time to move more appropriately. So, basically, it's a common sense um, attentiveness. When you can, when you're not you know, holding up a lot of people, you will find that the slowing down is a very helpful way of refining your awareness. It's a tool of practice that's extremely valuable. So, I encourage you to do it as much as possible. It's not so helpful to be reading or writing or making phone calls, as Steve mentioned. Use the time to stay with your experience, just moment after moment, to be with what you're doing. Because the reading or writing or phone calls will definitely be a distraction for your mind. And it will then again be more difficult to concentrate it, to stay focused. There are five mm, ground rules or precepts which we follow at the center. And I'd like to mention them to you. They're the, they're the basic foundation of morality. 
and they're essential, certain, just the very basic moral behavior is essential as a foundation for concentrating the mind and then developing insight or wisdom. And tomorrow night I'm going to elaborate and talk about it more. But just so you are familiar with the precepts or the rules of the center, the first is not killing. And not killing anything. You know, there may be some flies or little insects or whatever, that we really try to develop that reverence towards all life forms, to refrain from killing, to refrain from stealing. It's reasonably obvious not to take that which doesn't belong to you. There's a precept about sexual misconduct, which has two different meanings. One meaning for our daily lives, which I'll elaborate on more tomorrow. For the retreat center, it means to remain celibate, to refrain from sexual activity, to channel all the energy into the meditation practice. Not lying, which is not a problem if you're staying silent. (laughs) Although there will be group discussions and question and answer. So pay attention to what truthfulness means and not taking any kinds of intoxicants, no drugs or alcohol or anything like that. We're we're trying to create an environment of quiet, of silence, of peace, and of a very deep kind of purity. Purity of conduct, purity of mind, and these, these five precepts are the foundation for that. The meditation practice, then, is a way of deepening it. Do you have any questions about anything I mentioned so far? Okay. Sharon is uh, going to give the meditation instructions now. We'll have maybe say a few words. Then tonight we'll start with a short sitting. Emphasizing the development of concentration, which is really just the simple ability to have the mind and the attention stay focused on an object in the present moment. It's simple, but it's not easy. You'll find the mind constantly running to the past, comparing experiences, judging and evaluating. You'll find the mind constantly running to the future with expectations and desires. Again and again, the task or the effort for us is just to return to a full and direct experience of the present moment. To become intimate with our own experience, to be fully aware of it, to feel wholly connected to it. Our attention can't be divided, can't be half here and half somewhere else. 
And so in everything we do, sitting, walking, eating, our effort is just that simple, to be fully aware of the experience of the present moment, to concentrate, to be present, to be attentive. In sitting practice, we begin by using the breath as a mechanism, as an object to hold our attention, to maintain our attention. Concentrated mind has been compared to the flame of a candle in a windless place. Steady and unwavering, not running and jumping. In each moment, we make the effort while sitting just to concentrate on the natural experience of the breath without trying to control it or change it or manipulate it in any way. Just to be aware of it as it's appearing, as it's changing. The effort is simply to be aware. And so that quality of tension or tightness or striving, which comes up often when we're trying to change something or make a certain thing happen, is absent. You can be very relaxed. There's absolutely nothing to do. It's wonderful. You can be totally relaxed. Just watching, just experiencing what is already happening for us and within us. Also, along those same lines, there is absolutely no particular experience that we're aiming for or striving towards in doing the practice. All of our effort and our energy, which is considerable and very demanding, is directed towards being aware of what we are experiencing. It's so easy and so common in some process that has been labeled spiritual to have an idea of what we're supposed to be experiencing. And usually that's very special kind of far out and it's certainly not what we actually are experiencing and there's often a lot of judgment and despair and self-condemnation and a lack of fullness of attention in the present moment when we have an idea that something special is supposed to be happening all we want to do in the sitting practice is to be developing the faculty or the quality of concentration of being fully present from moment to moment. And we use the breath as the object. There's nothing special and nothing mysterious that's supposed to happen. There's nothing we have to make happen. Just to stay very relaxed and alert, awake to our actual experience. Very often, if not incessantly, the mind will wander. You may be with the breath, aware of the sensation that the breath is producing for a split second before you're off and running in a fantasy, which can get very intricate and involved and enticing and delightful or whatever. Our commitment 
is simply to try to be aware of the breath and when we become aware that we haven't been with the breath, whether it's been a minute or two minutes or ten minutes or forty minutes, whatever it's been, just at that moment to return our attention to the breath. It's very simple in that sense. It's almost austere. Whether the mind has wandered to the past or to the future or to a sound or whatever, we don't need to judge that. We don't need to judge the content or the quality of that. We don't need to analyze it or assess it or complete it. Just the very simple process of again and again and again returning the attention to the experience of the in and out breath. Why don't we sit now for a while? Okay, Joseph is feeling very compassionate, wants to know if you want to stand up and stretch. (laughs) Okay.
uncomfortable. There's no need to get into any particular position. You're welcome to try out the benches that are stacked in the room uh, where the shoes and coats are kept. You're welcome to sit on a chair. In any position that you can find comfortable and that you feel you can maintain most easily for the period of the sitting. See if you can sit in some way so that your back is erect and you're not slumped over. This will help keep you more awake. Just close your eyes. See if you can feel any tension or tightness in your body and just take a deep breath and relax. Take some breaths that are contrived or deeper than normal and be aware of the sensation especially right around the nostrils as the breath is entering and leaving the body. Just feel what your actual experience is of taking a breath, something that we do certainly for our entire lifetimes without paying very much attention to it. What does it feel like taking a breath? What's the actual sensation? heat or cold or tingling or tension or vibration. And then allow the breath to become natural without forcing it or controlling it in any way. And maintain that same attentiveness, that same awareness to the experience of taking a breath. Very easy, very relaxed, but alert and awake to that experience. What does it feel like as we breathe in, as we breathe out? don't have to describe it extensively to yourself, but experience it. And if you find it helpful, along with the experience of the sensation of the breath, you can make mental notations, just briefly noting in and out.
you find your attention wandering, becoming distracted or confused, just take a deep breath and begin again. you find that your attention has wandered, don't feel discouraged or impatient. Just very gently let go of whatever it is that's captured your attention. Return to the breath.
The breath is a key to having a direct and immediate experience of the present moment. It's a simple, natural breath. Breathing in, breathing out. to practicing meditation is the ability to constantly be beginning again. Even if your attention has wandered for a very long time or a very great distance, it is always possible in this very moment to begin again. This moment is unique. It's never come before and it will not come again. Just right here and now, you can refocus your attention and again begin to be aware of the in and out breath.
you start to feel sleepy, just sit up a little straighter. Take some deep breaths. may be arising, just allow it to arise and pass away. Keep the center of your interest, your energy, the awareness of each breath.
anybody have any questions about anything they experienced? Do you have any suggestions on um, dealing with uh, minor discomfort? <laughs> I mean, should you let it? <coughs> should you watch it? Should you? How should you do it? Okay. Did anyone hear a question? Um, as the retreat evolves, even though it's only two days, we do expand the practice a lot so that what we begin with, just watching the breath, really changes quite a lot by Sunday. For now, if you're feeling (coughs) some physical discomfort and it's not (coughs) so intense that it's really distracting you from the breath, you can just let it be there. If it starts to get stronger and more intense and is really capturing your attention, and for right now, I would say just move. You know, it's, it's helpful not to move constantly, which is always a temptation. <laughs> but <clears throat> if, if the ability to watch the breath is completely taken over by the quality of the sensation, then for now, it's best to just move. That's something that um, by tomorrow afternoon, we'll be working much more directly with observing the body and paying careful attention to the different kinds of sensations we experience, some pleasant and some very unpleasant. So that particular aspect will change quite a lot. But for now, as you're watching the breath, if something else is happening, it's almost as though <coughs> it's like you were looking at a picture on a wall. Okay. Other stuff might be happening in the background, which is the wall. But your <coughs> it's as though your interest and your energy, your attention is going towards observing the picture. And that's not doing it in a spirit of or with an attitude of trying to block out the wall or push it away or feel aversion towards it. It's just there. It's just not capturing your interest. You can let it be there as long as it doesn't get so overwhelming that it really takes your attention away from the picture. Was there someone in the back? Mm -hmm. I I find myself verbalizing my awareness. Is that in In terms of words instead of I'm not even saying this clearly but as I'm breathing in and out and saying now I'm breathing in and out now I feel this part of my body you know, is that part of the meditation, or, or should there be more awareness with a non-verbal <coughs> mental awareness? Okay, see if you can simplify that process so that you're not going through a recitation of the moment's experience, but simply making a notation of in and out. And if something catches your attention, takes you away from the breath, you can just make a simple note of what that was as long as you don't get entangled in it. You know, just to keep it as simple and precise as possible. And if you have to struggle in some way for the right 
notation, it's not worth it. Just the most obvious, in and out, is fine. That way there's a little more space in the mind to be more completely aware of the actual experience of breathing in and out. It's very possible if you get um, too dependent on a lot of descriptive phrases to get very mechanical and not to be fully experiencing what's actually going on. (coughs) Anybody else? I'd just like to remind you of the different elements of the retreat experience that Joseph spoke about, especially keeping silence. Many of the things that seem kind of strange and might seem awkward at first as you just walk in the door, you really fully appreciate by the time you leave. It's quite a unique opportunity. And even though it's very brief, it can be very powerful. Out of respect for your own effort and respect for the efforts of everyone else here, please do do practice wholeheartedly and maintain silence and don't read and don't write and don't distract yourself from the process that's taking place here. So often we do things in a very half-hearted way, kind of here and kind of not. And this is an opportunity to really put our entire selves into our own experience, into appreciating what our own experience is. And so be present and be full. It's actually time to sleep, which is nice. The wake-up bell is at 5.30 in the morning, and the first sitting is at 6 o'clock. Then breakfast will be at 6.30. I would like to mention that the hall is open all the time, and there's no restriction on how late you stay up. If you're feeling tired, as many of you are, especially having a journey to come here, please do go take some rest. If tonight or tomorrow night you're not feeling tired, then you should feel perfectly free just to come in here and keep sitting and maybe go out for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing that tomorrow morning. I'm going through that. When you look at the schedule, you see that there's not a whole lot of free time. (laughs) It tends to get very constant, which is the whole point. Okay, well, again, thank you all for coming, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.